Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the reading from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, especially these verses. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In the name of Jesus, Amen. The Christian life is a life of patience. Our salvation is a matter of patience. Indeed, the whole of God's creation is built upon patience, the patience of God. When we imagine what we might do if we had God's power, what we're usually imagining is that we would be acting faster than how God acts. We want to fix the world, and we want to fix it right now. We want to heal this person. We want it to happen right now. We want to fix ourselves. and We want it to happen right now. We think of miracles as evidence of God's activity precisely because they are the work that God always does, but they happen in that single moment where you can see the transformation happening before your eyes. But that just points out how it is that God usually acts. He acts slowly, patiently. In our epistle reading, St. Paul spoke of the fullness of time, that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. This fullness of time indeed occurs within the Christmas story itself. If you sort of start at the beginning, especially in, in Luke's gospel, this fullness occurs months and months and months. As first, the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah and Elizabeth, and then it's six months after that, before he appears to Mary and tells her that she's going to give birth to a son, three more months before John the Baptist born, another six months before Jesus is born, only after Mary and Joseph make their way to Bethlehem does the time come for the birth to give a son. And you know that that is indeed how children are born, that it takes time. Even when the great miracle of the incarnation happens, it takes time. Jesus was born miraculously of a virgin, and yet he was slowly formed in his mother's womb over nine months, like the rest of us. But when that fullness of time had come, even that isn't quite the fullness that St. Paul is speaking of. The fullness of the time of Jesus' birth goes back much further in time than nine months. The fullness of time is the days of Herod the king and the ruler of Caesar Augustus. It is the return of God's people from exile in Babylon. It is the kingship of David, even the exodus from Egypt. The fullness of time begins in the garden and indeed encompasses all of creation. God's sending of his son is not merely one moment within the timeline of history. It is the fullness and purpose of of all time, of time itself. The birth of Jesus and the fullness of time reveals the nature, the character of God's creation of each one of you. A single moment is sufficient to conceive life. Just nine months is enough to bring that life into the world. 
But the growth and maturity of that life takes years. Even in adulthood, it may well be decades before the fullness of that life is visible to all. That is true in our human lives as we often think of them in terms of our, our physical, our mental, our emotional development. It is true of the whole human person, of our spiritual life, of our salvation. As God sent forth His Son in the fullness of time, so He works salvation for you in the fullness of time, in the slow and hidden course of your life. Your salvation is the patient work of God. And this Christian life, this salvific life, it begins with birth, as all life does. In baptism, with God sending the Son, the Spirit of His Son into your hearts so that you would cry out, Abba, Father. And we know the joys and the promises of baptism just as we know the joys and promises of the promise of the birth of a child. And St. Peter assures us that yes, this baptism does now save you. That baptism is nothing less than a complete change in the reality of your life. And yet, it does also work itself out in your life slowly. As Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And that means that this baptismal life into which you have entered will be full of slow, patient, and hidden development, just as the life of a child. The daily life of the baptized is a life of daily becoming who God has made you to be in repentance and newness of life. And this Christian life, this day-by-day growth, it is nothing less than the fruit of God's patient work, the work which is given to you already in baptism, and yet which works itself out slowly and patiently in your life. The trouble comes when all too often we consider our lives including our salvation and the lives of others, as if they were not God's work, but our work. And so we start looking for progress, and we condemn where we and others fall short. That's as productive and helpful as yelling at a child for acting like a child. All of us parents have done it, but that's our mistake, not theirs. Children are children. When we examine our own lives, imagining that we're capable of evaluating how we're doing and that the progress that we're making is the result of what we do, then we're just going to end up either deceiving ourselves or falling into despair. If we think that we are responsible for what we're doing and we look at ourselves and judge that we're doing well, then we'll be proud and think that we ourselves are the source of our salvation. When we look at ourselves and as probably happens to most of us most of the time, think, actually, I'm not doing so well. Well, then it leads to despair, thinking, how will I ever do better? And when it comes to judging the lives of others, well, little good has ever come of comparing one child to the other. There are no percentile charts for the Christian life. God tells you of the life that he has called you to, and he has given you the image of his son that you are to grow into. Let him worry about how you're doing. The new birth of baptism is, St. Paul says, the birth that you are given as adoption, as sons. And therefore, the clearest vision of who you are and who you shall be is not actually to look at yourself and to judge yourself at all. You can only see who you are in Jesus. His coming is the fullness of time, and that means both his birth, it means his death and his resurrection, 
and it means also even for you. The fullness of your life, the fullness of who you are, is found in Christ, who was born, who suffered, who died, and who rose again. And that means that the fullness of your life has already taken place in Christ. It is simply being revealed, worked out in your life by the patient, gracious work of your God. Clothed with Christ, alive in Him, filled with His Spirit, you will stand without fear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the inheritance prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. That is the promise that you have been given in your baptism. And I can say that to you boldly because it is not the result of what you do, but it is the result of the slow and patient work of God, the God who does not give up, but as he has begun, so he also completes in you the good work of salvation in Christ Jesus. God has made you to be his children. He has washed you with the blood of Jesus. He has transferred you from death to life. And the whole of your life now is the baptismal life. That is to say, the whole of your life is now you living in this thing which God has done for you and to which he is making your life to bear that shape, that image of his own son, of Christ the crucified. And so this baptismal life is a life of renewal over and over again, which we mostly experience the way that little children do, of falling down, of failing, then getting up, falling down again, getting up, falling down again. And yet, the slow and patient work of God that takes that little tiny infant and brings them to the point where they run around and live and rejoice in all of their glorious movement, that is the same patient work of God that will bring you to the new heavens and the new earth, where you show forth fully the glory that is yours even now in Christ Jesus. And you can be sure of this, not because you see now the result of that slow and patient work of God, but because you see Jesus, because you know that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son to redeem you who were under the law that you might receive the adoption as sons, that indeed by God's Spirit you might cry out, Abba, Father. That phrase there, Abba, Father, is nothing less than a reference to the prayer that Jesus himself gives you, the prayer of the baptized children of God, the Our Father, that we indeed will pray now in a few minutes. And we pray it not just in any context this morning, but as we come to this altar, where we receive Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, so that as Christ has begun the life in him, in you, he does indeed continue it in you through his gifts, and he will continue it in you unto life everlasting. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.